What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm great. Thank you for asking. Uh, this is the first podcast in the new place. Uh, I'm actually sat on my new desk as we speak. Should I describe it to you? Let's see if I can describe it to you right. So I'm in a secret lab chair. I've got my arm rests up. I've got one arm on there. I've got an L-shaped desk. So the L-shape, if you're facing the desk, the L-shape bends to the left. So it's like a, a left-hand U-shape. I've got my iMac in front of me. Just above my iMac where I'm talking to, I've got some soundproofing foam that I've just been putting up on my wall this morning just to kind of help the reverb in the room. It's quite a small room um, and you've got to be conscious of how the sound waves like bounce off things. It's still not going to be perfect because I've still got probably another 20 odd uh, little panels to put up to kind of soundproof the room a little bit better. So it's probably a little bit of reverb there. Um, fortunately, it's got a carpet in here, so that helps a lot with sound. Uh, some things that you've got to think about when you're podcasting. <coughs> wow, excuse me. Um, and then as I look to my left-hand side, as I as I rotate my chair to the left-hand side, um, I have my microphone that's right in front of me on the corner of the L, if you can imagine. You guys are all going to see this on my new YouTube, YouTube video that comes soon. Uh, and then as I, as, as I, right now I am twisting my chair left, so I can just come to my other side of my desk and... I've got a little bit of a drawer on the left-hand side so I can put my my bits and bobs away and I've got my laptop on my left-hand side so if I ever need to do two screens at once or two things at once or get my MacBook up while I'm on my iMac, then it's perfect. Um, I'm very, very tempted to get another screen so I can connect my iMac to that screen and just drag things over and I can have a different seating position. But also that's a lot of money so I'm not sure whether I'm going to do that. Um, and then either side of my, of my Mac, I've got these new Philips hue lamps which you can connect with with your iphone or an app i think the, the hue lap the hue app and you can uh, change it to 26 million different colors which which wrote me in immediately bearing in mind i probably use three colors i thought let's get 26 million so here i am um really really good dude like i'm honestly this is the first day literally i it's 9 35 in the morning i set foot in this place to sit for my first day's work at like 10 past so i feel i feel a little bit more relaxed than last week i've i've kind of we spent that first week moving things trying to get this desk in that i'm on trying to get all my office sorted but also just trying to manage like moving to a new place and also leaving the old place so if i'm honest if I'm really, really honest with you, I've been having a lot of anxiety and I've been having a lot of just res reservations about things and I've really, really struggled to, like my anxiety, I don't know if it's the same for everyone, I assume it's probably similar. For me, like it just clouds clouds my head and it just tells me what I, just, I can't get an answer of what I need to do. So I've got 10 things to do and I don't know which one I should start on. Whereas normally I'm like, oh, you just do this on this on that one. And I've been struggling a lot with just getting my head straight, getting my head clear. And I think it's for a variety of reasons, really. I think for one, I'm in a new place. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know the, the, the area. I'm in somewhere fresh. The last time that I was in London, I got attacked three times. I saw someone jump off my balcony. Uh, and I had a really, really, really brutal time. 
if I'm honest. Like it was savage. I don't, I don't, I'm not really talked about that time period much in my life or on podcast, but maybe I'll do it one day. The time that I was in London for eight months in Bethnal Green, like the heart of Bethnal Green, mate. Literally the whitest man in Bethnal Green. And, um,. Yeah, so I've probably got a bit of reservations about that. Obviously, I'm moving in with my girlfriend for the first time, so it's a little bit of hesitancy about that. I think a huge point for me is just leaving my mum, uh, unfortunately. Those of you guys who saw my video, like I was in tears, I was in bits, just streaming when I left my mum. I'm a mama's boy and have been since day one. So for me, it was quite difficult to, uh, to, to to bring myself to leave in the first place. And now that I'm here, I'm still like, I find myself thinking, what's my mum doing? You know, at the weekends, because obviously she, she she's closing in on retiring as well. So she does three days a week at the moment. But still, I'm thinking, what are you doing those other days? And I know that she isn't the best at keeping herself occupied. And she's not the best at hiding her emotions. So that kind of has a pretty big impact on my mentality in the way that I say... How you doing, mum? Miss you, love you. She's like, I'm shit, I feel alone. And I'm a bit like, and you can't help but feel like every fucking bone in your body shatter in your heart come into a million pieces. And I don't blame her for that. Like, it's it's when mum wears a heart on her sleeve, she always has done. She's always been that person to just kind of say it how it is. And that's why I, I, love, I love her for that. But as a son, hearing that from your mum is fucking brutal. It is brutal. And she says, I'm on my own. What am I going to do? I don't want to retire. I don't want to be on my own. And, you know, because she's a single mum, doesn't live with anyone, can't find a boyfriend, you know, doesn't know where to start to find a boyfriend or anything like that. So it's a very, very difficult situation. I think that plays hugely on my anxiety. Hugely on my anxiety. Um, not only that, but like the pressure of capitalizing on every session, trying to make sure I don't miss sessions, trying to make sure I don't miss clients trying to make sure that I'm still progressing in my own career. Like that's kind of taking a little bit of a, granted it's only been it's only been two weeks, right? But I've kind of just done what I need to do, if that makes sense. And I've never enjoyed doing that since I've been, I say like, I say this with the least pretentiousness behind it, but since I've been enlightened or since I had this moment in my life where I fucking started doing shit, <laughs> in layman's terms, people call it enlightened, I say started fucking doing shit. Um, I've not really not gone over and beyond. I've always done what I need to do in the day, as in like my work, right? So I've got clients I need to reply to. I've got clients I need to check in. I've got emails I need to reply to. Beyond that, what I do, it, it has to be what I want to put in extra. Do I want to film? Do I want to edit? Do I want to do a podcast? Do I want to plan my content for the future? Do I want to start with some new ideas? Do I want to start working on some new accessories, some new clothing? Whatever that, whatever that is, like I'm always going over beyond and trying to think of the next thing and have been. And I've been that hungry, insatiable, that insatiable appetite for progress has been there for ages and ages and ages. And it, I've just not done that for the last two weeks, maybe a bit longer since I moved, so maybe three weeks. And I think one big thing that plays in my anxiety is being stagnant it's my, my worst fucking thing like the amount of times i've said to amy over the last two and a half years not loads but the amount of times where i've been like i feel like i'm stuck in the mud i feel like i don't know what's next i feel like i don't know where to go from here and i don't necessarily i don't think i'm in the same position as then as those times because i'm doing things and i know what i need to do next i just have this huge wall up in front of me and have done that's just not let me do it like i'm like i just can't do it 
and it's those old ways that I, that I used to do all the time, I used to put shit off all the time. People who, who are listening who are like, oh, that sounds like me, who, who aren't proactive, who can't apply themselves as soon as they wake up, who can't do these things as soon as they wake up and or can't hit the ground running. I've been, I was there for 25 years and I have those remnants coming to me and that fucking fills me with anxiety and I don't like it. I don't like that feeling of complacency. I don't like that feeling of not progressing. It's not nice. It's not been in my vocabulary for two and a half years and now it's kind of creeping in. And I think it's just because I've had this like crippling anxiety of like, I don't really know what to do. Like I almost had a panic attack before I went to sleep last night. Uh, not last night. Three nights ago, maybe. Three nights ago. I think it was like Friday night or I think it was Thursday night. Today's Monday. And I had like crippling anxiety. And, oh, luckily, Amy was asleep. I say luckily, but Amy was asleep and I was just was there. Like my heart was going 100 miles per hour. And I'm thinking, I've not had an anxiety attack in years and years and years. Like a full-blown, like... And you just got a million things going through your head, and I was like that. And I just—I mean, I fell asleep eventually, but it was very disconcerting, I should say. And I thought I just wanted to talk about it on a podcast so that you guys can know that I have this shit sometimes, and I'm going through that bit of a time at the moment where I'm just highly anxious, reacting to things that I don't necessarily want to react to. I'm a bit highly strung. I'm a, I'm a bit like, you know, I, I, I'm ready to just do something, but nothing will do. Nothing will happen. And, and, and I think that's what anxiety is for me. It just, it, 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 do you know what I mean? Like anyone who's anxiety knows that feeling like I'm ready to just jump over the line to carry on and it just won't let me go over the line to carry on. So um, I've been better this weekend. I had some of the boys over this weekend, which was epic. Uh, Ethan, Will and Mitch, they came over for the weekend. Some boys from back home in Gloucestershire, the guys... The one of my boys, the, the the one of my gym members, the only members at the moment. Those of you guys who who follow me during lockdown, you'll you, you'll remember these guys. I train with them all the time. We 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 gave a brotherhood. We had a brotherhood built from that lockdown. And they came this weekend, and it was really really good to just do nothing. I didn't look at my phone much. I didn't reply to people that I probably should reply to. Uh, but of course, it's the weekend, so it's not too, it's not too much of a big deal. But it was nice just to kick back and relax and laugh and joke and just chat about shit and insult each other and have a good session and a good pre-work. Like, you know, it was good just to fuck everything else off for a bit because I just felt it was a bit much. Um, and you know what? On the face of it, you probably wouldn't think about it because you think, wow, like Joss has just got his new car. He's just moved out. He's moved in with his girlfriend. He's just built his office. He's got a lovely new house. He's 20 minutes away from a really good gym. He can go train with Joe and... And Tom, TM Cycles, and, and Brightman. You know, I've got an IFBB Pro gym that I train at. Like, everything is kind of, like, great, but nothing feels great. So, <laughs> you know, people people who are listening to this who've got anxiety just go, yeah, yeah, I fucking know what that one's about. So, it's been a bit of an umming and ahhing for the first, first couple of weeks, but today's the first day where I felt like, all right, then, let's fucking seize my day back. Let's have it. Come on. You know, like there's only so much I can dwell about leaving my mum on my own, on her own. There's only so much I can dwell about, about, you know, being in a new new place and new opportunities and new things to do. There's only so much I can do about leaving my friends. There's only so much I can do about leaving where I grew up. Now, now, all right, let's fucking go. I've always had this mentality of like, right, rip the bandaid off, cry for a little bit, make it hurt for, or let it hurt for a little bit. Because I think healing is a, 
being hurt, being emotional, being angry, being whatever it is in reaction to the stimulus is needed in recovery, in, in healing that wound. So for a breakup, I think you need to cry for a couple of weeks. You need to cry, you need to hurt, you need to think about those good things, and then you need to say, all right then, this ain't going to do anything else for me. This ain't going to fucking solve how I feel, is it? So let's go out and do something, and that's what I'm going to do today. So first things first, we jumped on the podcast, and I wanted to just give you a life update. I don't don't know whether I'll talk about many topics or anything, um, so if you're here for one of those information-based podcasts, I apologize. This is more just a, a therapy session for me, <laughs> just to talk about my my brain and, and, and what's been going on about it and how I've been pretty anxious about everything, literally pretty anxious about everything. So yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. Training's been pretty well. Uh, I ha- like that's the, I think the one thing that me, and I think that also plays into my anxiety is that I don't let things affect my training. Like I don't let things affect my sleep, my food. Like I used to have anxiety attack and then went to sleep for eight hours. Do you know what I mean? Like I have anxiety attack, but I still go train and get PPs because I just fucking want it. Right? It's a pro. It's it's a benefit in the in in the face of anxiety because sometimes, uh, well, for me anyway, anxiety is like no clarity, don't know what decision to make, don't know which direction to go. But I feel like I need to be doing and making a decision right now, and I've got too many to make, and I just can't do it. I know for me that bodybuilding is the constant. I know I've still got to get 3,700 calories. I know that I've still got to go train. I know that I've got to get my steps in. I know that I've got to do this. So for me, it's like a blessing and a curse. Like it adds to it, but also takes away from it in the way that you can uh, you can focus on something else. You guys are going to enjoy this bit. Arpeggio. Coffee. That's my first coffee in the house as well. I've not been having caffeine since I've been here, except for pre-workouts. So what happened? <laughs> uh, but training's going well. Like uh, Crayford is a really, really, really nice gym. Uh, the people are really nice. The atmosphere is is good. Like uh, definitely, it's definitely a headphone gym. But the atmosphere is really good. It's really close to Tom. It's really close to Joe. The people who run it are amazing to talk to. Really, really nice people. Uh, and I'm only twenty minutes away from MuscleWorks Orpington as well. So. Like I'm 20 minutes either side. Like I'm in the middle of Crayford and Orpington. 20 minutes one way, 20 minutes the other way. So I've got that amazing choice of going to MuscleWorks or Crayford and uh, training with kind of whoever we want to train with, which is cool. Uh, the blast is going well. I don't think I gave you guys an update on my blast in a long time. Uh, I, I tend to stay away from it on YouTube because we get banned. But here I can just put it in a podcast and you guys can just listen to it. Uh, so I started my cycle... Uh, I actually don't know the day. I was trying to think about it. I, I'm pretty sure like I started just before I came. So it's probably like day 16 or something. Day 17. When did I come? I'm just getting my my dating calendar up. And you find it weird that when you go on your on your Mac and you want to go through your calendar, you have to put in your password. I always find that a bit weird. So I came on the 21st, which means I probably started on the 19th. So I'm probably like, I'm. this is my third week, I think, into my cycle. And I started really, really starting to feel it this week. I, I had a bit of a wobble last week with 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 one of my push days because I've been doing a lot of push, so I assumed that I had been doing a lot, quite a lot of volume. But in hindsight, I might have underrated a little, underrated a little bit. And uh, I feel pretty good now. Like yesterday, we did we did pole, I did deadlifts, and I felt like a fucking monster. 
on deadlifts. I only did 180 for six, but <laughs> which is not good for my size, my strength, but like I can't deadlift, right? I, I literally deadlifted like 140 for 10 the week before and I was close to failure. So 180 for six was pretty good. Like my musculature and my back muscles are really fucking strong. Strong enough to probably deadlift like 220, 230, 240, whatever it is. I just physically from like knee down can't get the fucking weight off the floor because my like lower lumbar is uber weak versus like pretty strong. Right? I'm not the strongest back. I'm not the thickest, best back. I just have a strong back like relative to everything else. I just, but when it comes to a hip hinge, I just got nothing. But I'm going to fucking stay on this like a motherfucker and I will be belting a 200 squat very soon because 180 felt great. So... Training's gone pretty well. The blast is kind of kicking in. Week three, um, I started on 200 milligrams of testosterone. I started on 25 milligrams of Provyron a day. So that's like 175 per week. Uh, so Provyron um, is pretty good at modulating your sex binding hormone, sex binding globulin hormone. Um, so basically testosterone will quite often attach to certain molecules um, which bind up some of the free testosterone. So you may take 200 milligrams of testosterone, but of that, two, this is going to be random numbers, but of that 200 milligrams, let's say 50 milligrams gets bound up with another hormone. Um, Proviron will go in and bind to that hormone that testosterone would bind to before testosterone can get there. And then that way you have more free testosterone. So it actually kind of amplifies your testosterone, if that makes sense. It's quite a good way to say it. So you get more out of your 200 milligrams than you would do if you weren't taking it. Um, and, and we know that Proviron's pretty, pretty non-toxic. It's non-hepatotoxic. Hepatotoxic? Hepatotoxic? I never know how to say that. It doesn't It's not toxic to your liver long-term, which is pretty good, and it can be used in pretty low doses safely. Um, and obviously it complements the cycle. 400 milligrams of primobolin. So this is to modulate my androgen to estrogen ratio, um, as well as have a little bit more anabolic. Um, and then 100 milligrams of Tren. What? You're using Tren? Yes, I am. And the reason why is because 100 milligrams of Tren has actually been used as a therapeutic dose long-term in humans, which is uber key. So when I'm picking my drugs, when I'm picking the things that I take, I'm trying to think about what's been used in humans, how long has it been used in humans, and what was the therapeutic dose and how close do I need to get to that therapeutic dose to get the result I need. So we know that who uses 100 milligrams of fucking Tren? No one. Everyone uses fucking two or three, 400 milligrams of Tren, you know, which is four times the therapeutic dose because 100 milligrams has been used as in therapeutic doses to help with muscle mass, uh, muscle loss and, and, and muscle wastage. So... The reason why I use these compounds are ones that I can know that have been used in humans, been used for therapy to do those doses, because we know really what's going to happen because we have the answer. So we know, obviously, testosterone has, has been used for 50, 60 years now. So we now know what happens after you have used testosterone for 50 or 60 years. We have that data. We can see what it happens, and we can, we, we can say safely... If, Josh, if you use 300 milligrams of testosterone for the next 30 years, this is probably going to happen because it's happened thousands and thousands of times or we've got it in the research. Whereas if I go, Josh, let's use 100 milligrams of Dianabol a day and let's just use it long term because we don't have any data, 
that's a wild guess. That's a wild stab in the dark, right? Which is why I tend to stay away from any type of drug that's not been used in in, in, in therapeutic doses, um, or, or not therapeutic doses, but not been used in humans, not been used for human trials, not been used for an actual reason as such. And so that is the basis of my cycle. It's pretty low, like they're all well within therapeutic doses, except for Tran, which is 100 milligrams, but that probably won't go up too much. I think the max will probably push is maybe 150. We've got to consider that as bodybuilders, yes, we are going to cause damage, but we can minimize that damage by staying as close to those therapeutic doses as possible. So for me, doing 400 milligrams of Tren when the therapeutic dose quote unquote safer Lee safely safely it's not safely but it's safer and it's whatever doing four times that dose doesn't make sense but if you were to creep up maybe 10% 20% I can see why you'd want to do it because you're closer to the therapeutic dose than than fucking four times right which is the danger of these things and especially with something like Tren which is highly tissue selective so by tissue selective, we mean like you put this in, you're going to grow X tissue. We know that it's very muscle tissue selective. So we know that in a therapeutic dose, 100 milligrams, you're going to really, really target your muscle growth in an, an anabolism and that glutocorticoid binding very, very well. But as soon as you start creeping up to 150, 200, the tissue selectivity starts to hit this kind of ceiling. And there is a ceiling, like you would think like more trend, more gains, but actually it's much more like a curve. Uh, or, or same with any drug right there is a ceiling that you can take um and for me my ceilings are just lower than everyone else because everyone else is fucking nuts um but you can imagine any kind of if you can imagine a graph it's going to be like straight up curve 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 flat and you're going to get to wherever it is so when you get people who are using one 1 1.5 grams a get of testosterone like they're well over that 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 max that you need physically so they should be focusing on using those couple grams elsewhere in different drugs that are perhaps safer but perhaps perhaps using different mechanisms that anabolics use you know like obviously testosterone is just going to hammer that aromatized pathway so if you're taking two grams of fucking testosterone you've got to use loads of aromatex to keep your estrogen in a good place otherwise you're going to get gyno you're going to get high blood pressure and, and estrogen e high estrogen high estrogenic related side effects so this is how we're trying to balance things so Every single aspect of my cycle is layered, is in conjunction, is a synergy where they work together. And that's it. That's where I'm starting. It's three weeks in. We'll probably get to about five weeks. We'll run bloods again. And then we will uh, potentially up the dose a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to gain crazy. I mean, I am. I am. No, I am. I'm trying to gain as much muscle as I physically can in the next seven to 12 weeks now. No, a bit longer than that. Nine to 12 weeks. So I want it to be about a 12-week cycle-ish. Maybe a little bit more if we can push it, depending how the bloods are. Because I need that time towards the end of the year to have off. Um, or at TRT, just low androgens so that I can obviously go back into a prep in end of January, February. And then we'll be ready to compete next year. So that's where I stand with that. What else is there? Nutrition, body weight. Body weight is about 107 now. Um, I put my food up a little bit last week. I did have a cheat meal again this week. And I fucking all went in. Five guys, large fries, extra patty, crep afterwards. And my weight spiked right up and it's not come down since. But that's not really a bad thing at this point. Like, 
I'm I'm in a surplus. So I've got androgens flowing. I'm stronger. I feel better. It's, it's only going to serve me well at this point. So I'm about 107. We'll probably creep this up slowly but surely up to up towards 115. I think last time I got to 117 just about. So we'll see if we can meet that again but just look considerably better um, if not a little bit more. And again, like this is all going to be subject to me either feeling good or not feeling good. There's no need for me to push things further than what don't feel good, you know. There's absolutely no need for me to do that. And there's no need for anyone to do that to a certain extent when you can layer things and be a little bit smart about it and not have to do that. So, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much the update on me. I honestly just wanted to fucking talk and just just let my brain out a little bit. I think, I think, I think I'm that person who does keep things in a box a little bit. It's not the best thing to do, I appreciate, but... I also sometimes think, like, what's it going to do telling someone? It's not going to do anything, which is probably quite narrow-minded of me, and yet here I am telling whatever, a thousand, a thousand plus of you that listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I need you to know that what you see on social media is not the fucking truth. Like, you go through my posts. Granted, I'm probably the, one of the more transparent people out there self-proclaimed but even even me to a certain extent is selective about what you put even all the all the guys that you follow all the guys that you think are the real ones that we're still selective about what we show you know it's not like you don't grow on youtube on instagram on social media if you are showing the it's annoying because you want to be that person who shows the negative sides. You want to be the person that shows the anxieties, the troubles, the, 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 the hardships. And I think there's a skill to showing enough for it to be a great positive movement and real for people and tangible for people and relatable to people. But if you overkill it and actually you are sad quite a lot and you are physically down and, and mentally down quite a lot and you really, really portray that, I, I don't know where I don't think in my brain that works conducively to growing a social media so there is an aspect of that that you want to show you want to show people that you're doing it right you want to show people that you're doing it the right way so for, for me it's hard to find that balance of like this is the real shit I'm fucking upset right now I'm full of anxiety I hate that I've lost my I've left my mom I hate that I've done all these things that I feel guilty for but I'm also realistic in the fact that I know why that's happened and I know all these things. But translating that to you guys, it's 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 always a skill and it's always quite a hard thing for me to do. And it's always, I'm I'm sure it's hard for 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 people in my position to do is to give you enough to know that I'm fucking one of you guys. Like I feel the horrible strains of life. I feel this and that. But also, I want to show you that how to get over it, how to move forward, and how to keep progressing with your life and how to take that next rep, you know, essentially, because that's all it is, is about taking that next rep when the the last rep hurts so much that you don't think you can do another one. And then you get up and you do another one. So that, that, that that's just a little bit of what I'm thinking in my head. I hope you guys can relate with it. I hope you guys can understand it. If not, no problem. We'll be back very, very soon. I'll probably try to get these done every rest day now. Now that I'm here in my office, I'll get these done every rest day. So every three days... That's a lot. That's a lot to commit to. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to get what 52 podcasts this year. I think we're on like 20, so we've got 30 more to do in the next three months. So that's, that's at least, it's at least two or three a week. So we'll get it done, guys. I appreciate you guys for listening this far. A little short one just to welcome you back. Um, peace, everybody. We will speak soon.
Goodbye.